All the best music, sports, and podcasts right now on FAULradio.com. All right. Welcome back for another episode of the Below the Outline podcast here on FAU Owl Radio. My name is Joseph Lanny Pavlon, alongside with me, Steve Rana. Hello, hello, hello. And you guys thought that I wasn't going to come back right after the 500 to talk about everything that happened in the Great American Race. Wrong. I made sure to come right back and discuss everything that happened a week after the Daytona 565th running of the Great American Race. And wow, I was there. My buddy Herbert Solomon, I'm sure a lot of you guys are familiar with him, and his brother Kenneth were there. It was a fantastic experience. And uh, being at the track, I have a lot to say. And I just felt like I couldn't let the week go by after the that race so i just had to make sure to haul ass to get here and i'm here and we're gonna get started we're gonna talk right about the great american race that happened on sunday night um ricky sinhouse jr wins the 2023 daytona 500 and i'm sure a lot of people are questioning why they didn't expect him to win at the start of the race and i'm a lot of i'm like a lot of them people have to remember how good of a driver he is at these kinds of tracks and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., it wasn't like he wasn't in you know, bad equipment either. This is a car that is in good alliance with Hendrick Motorsports. They run the Hendrick Chevy engines. Yep. Uh, JTG Jordy Racing. Um, this may be their only second, only their second win in the Cup Series after, uh, what, 14 years of being a team. But if you look at the grand scheme of things, this is... You know, like Front Row Motorsports, the ultimate crossing of the bridge for them. Now they're a fixture. They showed what they can do. And it also shows you don't have to have the best car to win this race. Um, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. didn't have the best qualifying run. Um, he had a really close way to a good starting spot through the duels, like a lot of the drivers. And when it was all said and done, he ended up hosting the Harley JL Trophy. Um, and... I'm telling you, there are a lot of broken hearts after this race, and that's for sure. For Ricky Sanders Jr., it's his third career win. Um, his second at Daytona, he won the 400-mile race, which was his last win back in July of 2017 with Roush. Um, his first win was with them at Talladega that same season as well. Um, for JTG Doherty Racing, they had to wait almost a damn decade for them to get another win after AJ Allmendinger scored their first win in August of 2014 at Watkins Glen International. And it had to be a long time since they got to victory lane again as a team in the Cup Series. But we're going to go down the order. Um, I was there at the 500 every um, day of Speed Weeks except for the pole qualifying itself. because Yeah, because you abandoned me. They didn't want to bring me with. I see how it is. You don't love me <laughs> no more. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. We'll get him out there one of these days. Um, yeah. But you look at the order, you see how, like, how crazy the uh, the board is with the lap leaders and everyone in between, and just the drivers that made it to the end and that didn't make it to the end, and, and then you realize like how hard it is to win this race. Um, pull qualifying was what you expected, a Hendrick Motorsports show of speed, with the top three cars being out of Rick Hendrick's team in time trials, 
And with Jimmy Johnson and Travis Pastrana, the two most notable drivers from the Go or Go Home Open teams to make it into the 500, they make the 500. I can't complain about based that. Based on speed. And it's set up for very interesting duels on Thursday. Let's talk about the duels for a moment. Um, it looked like, at least for the second duel, that it was a lock for Austin, uh, Austin Hill to get in. Um, I spoke to Brendan Gunn, who is actually one of the key members of the Beard Motorsports team. They run Children's Motors. They have a good uh, alliance with the RCR oh. team. Oh, so you see our motors. Gotcha. <laughs> Brendan Gunn was very optimistic about this uh, Austin Hill deal making the 500. He just had to stay out of trouble and hope that Travis Pastrana was the best of the open teams. But the Kyle Busch crash changed everything. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, it collected actually all three of the open, actually two of the three open cars. And Thanks for us. The reason why Connor Damon made the 500, he, it, it was the all odds against him. He had to have both, all the open cars in his duels to be uh, pretty much taken out because his car was not going to stay with the draft. And I'm surprised he even made the checkered flag, to be honest. That, that car shouldn't even be on the track, honestly, because how much that car was not even running. Probably. It was barely over minimum speed. I believe it. We saw it during the duels how it was bouncing up and down. Right. Didn't even make a time in pole qualifying because of... Uh, a mechanical problem. So they were, they were already, you know, the backs were facing the wall. And somehow they made it in the money team in their second attempt at the 500 with two different drivers. Now, Karn Daly, IndyCar driver, made his Daytona 500 debut. We're, we're going to get into that now. Uh, Joy Logano in a photo finish winning race one. Eric Almirola in a chaotic race two, getting Fords to sweep the duels. And then Sunday happens. And let's look down the results here. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. takes the win. He only had to lead 10 of those laps to get the job done, but he had to hold off a driver who is kind of like Scott Dixon in the Indy 500 side of things, doing whatever he can to just win the 500 for a second time, Joey Logano. And Joey Logano had, you know, done really well for himself towards the closing lap state. You know, usually he would be leading towards most of the race or towards the front, but he actually executed real well in the last few laps. And if that caution came out, a little bit differently at a different time, or if he had a better push, it would have been that 22 car going to victory lane, and Penske would have gotten their uh, fourth 500 win. Um, yeah, well, we don't need that to happen. I was, well, I was hoping we could have had Kyle Larson win, but, yeah, that didn't happen at all. Kyle either. Larson and another driver who's just going to go another year without winning the 500. We'll get it down the order here. How about Christopher Bell? Um, it was an interesting race deal to see Toyota you know, go on without Kyle Busch in this one. And uh, Christopher Bell, I think he's going to be leading not just Joe Gibbs Racing, but I think the Toyota brand as a whole. Yeah. Um, and that depends on how long he's going to stay with them. Um, we'll see about that. But Christopher Bell finishing third, he only he actually led 20 laps. I think he was highest of all the Toyotas. Um, good run for him. Chris Buescher. Let's talk about RFK Racing for a moment. Chris Buescher and Brad Kislevsky, I thought it was going to come down to them. Yeah, um, I agree too. Especially those last 50 laps. Um, the last quarter of the race, essentially, they had really good speed uh, and great teamwork all around. And RFK Racing, man, so close. You know, Chris Buescher, in his first Daytona 500 with the Roush team, he almost won the damn thing. Remember, it was him and Ryan Newman. Yeah. And Newman almost won as well. And then you go to 2021, and I think Newman was taken out of the big one. And I think Buescher, he just was never really in contention in that race. And 22 happens. RFK, big showing, and here, once again, I think they're a, a force to reckon with, and it's going to go beyond the big super speedway tracks as well. Yeah. Um, 
Alex Bowman finally gets himself a well done Daytona 500 without problems interrupting him after starting towards the front. His sixth time starting in the front row, which is a record currently being hold, held by him. We'll see if that consecutive record goes on for a seventh year in the front row. His third pole, the 500. Alex Bowman really did well for himself this time. Yes. And I think that's a victory in itself for that team um, and that ally Chevrolet. AJ Allmendinger. Wow. He could have very well brought in that car to victory lane. Those last, that last green five run before the overtimes looked like he had a great car. Um, could have brought colleague racing. They had a pretty shaky week to winning the 500. You know, they, they lost one of the cars. Chandler Smith didn't make it in because of the duels. Yeah, he got screwed on that one because of some pit road uh, issues. Right. And then you go down the order. Um, Daniel Suarez had a rough duel. Um, Ryan Blaney, Ross Chastain. This is getting interesting. Ross Riley Herbst. Yeah, Riley Herbst, who was never really in the front of the pack at all. Um, probably would not have made the 500 if it weren't for the charter rules. He gets a top 10, and this is also his Cup Series debut. From P38 on the grid, somehow quietly crawls his way up to the front, and it gets better from here. Travis Pastrana. Travis Pastrana, Nitro Circus, 11th in his Daytona 500 debut, where for most of the race he was off the pack. He actually led a few laps because he accidentally stayed off the pit sequence. Um, yeah, must have been yeah. interesting on that. And, um, and he did that in a backup car. Lost his primary car in the uh, crash that he had in the duel, where luckily he was already on the 500. Kevin Harvick. Um, Forever. Yeah, it gets cooler here. Zane Smith, Cody Ware, 13th, 14th, Martin Church Jr., 15th, um, Corey LaJoy, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch. It was a devastating outcome for anyone who was a Kyle Busch fan that day because Kyle, those closing laps, there didn't happen with the Suarez spin that led to the overtimes. Yes. He led to lap 200, but we're in 2023. So Suarez screwed him both times. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I guess... uh, He's paid for his... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you guys probably know the joke if you listen enough. Anyways, Ryan has the top 20 with Bubba Wallace, who had an up-and-down day. Um, if things went a little bit differently, he could have very well had a shot at winning this thing. Um, let's see going down the list. We Eric Almarillo and Brad Keselowski. Uh, yes, my buddy Herbert Solomon. Shout-out to him. Got the uh, bumper sticker headlight out of Keselowski's car. The nose. Put it on his truck. And got... Uh, Became the laughing stock on RFK Racing's uh, Twitter for a day. Yeah. Poor guy. Hey, it was funny. We made sure that it could be a possibility and it happened. And RFK Racing, don't ever change on your social media. Um, let's continue on. Eric Almarola, who won in the second duel, just could if not translate. He, if he didn't get into Travis on last lap, that big one would not ever happen. And we could have been talking about a different winner. Yes. On all accounts. Yes. It was that crazy. And, and they... At least then, Larson one never got wrecked. You could have shoot. You could have had a chance of Travis Pastrana somehow getting up there and winning it. I know that's how crazy this year's five hundred was. It, it, you never really knew what what could have went happen. Like I can't, I'm stuttering like crazy because I'm just trying to collect a lot of words here. There was so much to to unpack from this race in those last ten laps plus the overtimes. Um, it could have went so many ways, and 
it went Ricky Stiles Jr.'s way, and maybe it is roll of the dice when it comes to the, the, the 500 and running these races. Um, let's continue on here. Um, Austin Center defending winner started six in this race. Noah Gragson and Ty Gibbs, the two rookie of the year contenders, uh, finishing 24th, 25th. Harrison Burton, at least he got to enjoy more of the 500 this year than he did last year, where he actually had a pretty good showing from just like last year before his crash. Uh, Harrison Burton led for nine laps and uh, stayed in the thick of it. Uh, Todd Gillen had really impressive uh, runs in the duel. Um, Michael McDowell, Connor Daly finished 29th in his debut. Wait, hold up, 29th? Yeah. That car lasted that long? Yeah, it did. Oh, he stayed out of trouble basically by staying out of the pack with how, much, uh, how little speed he had. All right, I believe in Connor Daly, he could have done a lot better. If he had a better car. That's that right. car should never been on that track. I'm sorry. He should never been in that race due to that car. Yeah. He lucked out. Congrats to him. But that car should have never been on that track. And if he could finish the 500 in that car, just imagine how good he, he, of a showing he might have had in a better car. Just a little bit better than that. Put him the Project 91 car. I, I agree. Absolutely agree to that. And it's kind of a shame we didn't get to see that car out there this year. It really looked like just... Sponsorship didn't really come through at the right times. Maybe we'll see what happens next hopefully, year. Hopefully next year we'll see that Project 91 with a driver that comes out of Fort Lauderdale. Right under me? Hell yeah, Castro Davis. There we go, Castro Davis. All right, um, let's see it on the list. PJ McLeod. Jimmy Johnson. A uh, really good car he had in the 500. Um, got collected in the uh, accident in the first overtime. Imagine, like, he was right in there, was led the fastest uh, time in the first practice, was in the thick of it. I got to enjoy myself meeting Jimmy Johnson. Man. Boom, confetti. Boom, confetti. My damn childhood hero. Isn't that cool? Um, actually, so I saw him and Kyle Petty talking. Kyle Petty went, way, went one way when they finished discussing whatever they were talking about. Jimmy Johnson went my way, and I got to spare enough seconds to take a picture with him. Great guy. I'm so happy to see him back in a race car, especially in a stock car where he, you know, achieved the best in his motorsports career. And let's go down the order. Justin Haley, Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon could have gotten himself a second 500, but he really wanted to help Kyle get this first. They had a team plan that went wrong in those overtimes. William Byron, Chase Briscoe, Ryan Priest, Eric Jones. Man, poor Chase. He just couldn't get out of trouble. Uh, Tyler Reddick was involved in the, the earlier accidents, and Ty Dillon, mechanical problem, lasted him only 26 laps in the race. Actually, it was an engine that went in that Spire 77 car. Um, anyways, that's just race one of 36, so the standings match the results, and we're going to see where this goes from the next weeks on when they go westward, uh, uh, California. Uh, one last time, the big super speedway before it goes to the short track. We're going to see um, Las Vegas, which we saw a lot of interesting stuff happen in the two races that held last year. And Phoenix, which might be a preview to who might win this championship later down the road. Yeah. And before it's Kyle Larson. <laughs> so, with that said, we're going to go talk about um, some of the controversies that happened. And there were a lot of them. First and foremost... I feel really bad for the people who had, who had to watch this race traditionally on TV that don't know a thing or two about piracy and how they can work around the um, the, the, the loopholes to get to a free international streaming service. Hell, 
I would pay thousands for it. No, you wouldn't. I would. At this point, if the coverage is that bad, and they keep going off into a full commercial every like single-digit number of laps, seven, eight laps, whatever the deal was in the first two stages, especially from what I hear on social media, then something's got to change. It's not fair to the fans who want to continue, who want to give the sport so many chances that the sport keeps fumbling themselves. Are we not Fox, fans? hey, we got a contract here coming up. This ain't a good look. I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. Anyways, we got more racing from Speed Weeks. We'll talk about the Xfinity Series. Um, well, Austin Hill wasn't able to make the Daytona 500. He was able to win the Daytona 300 for a second year in a row and get himself his third career win. Off to a great start in 2023. Um, Austin Hill. The Daytona 300? Yep. Sat the, the showing on Saturday. I'm pretty sure they have a sponsor for that one. Yes. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Wait, what's for dinner? Beef. I don't want beef. Beef, it's what's for dinner. 300. I don't want beef for dinner. <laughs> Anyhow, um, like the 500, it did go to overtime. Luckily, not as crazy long as it was. 312.5 miles this time instead of 300. But in the end, it was Austin Hill who gets the job done and led 39 laps. He was a contender from the start and finish. And if... The caution came out a little bit differently. It might not have been him winning the race, but rather John Hunter Nemechek, who is going to contend for the Xfinity Series Championship. He's going to stay with the Toyota deal, work with Joe Gibbs Racing, and now, if you look down the road on the Gibbs Cup side of things, it could very well be him in one of those cars yes. if they don't downsize. Um, I actually got to talk to Bob Pockress about the Gibbs situation, you know, you know, unfortunately because Coy's gone and you know Joe Gibbs ain't getting any younger. Wait, you talked to Bob? Yeah, I talked about many times, and on Sunday, um, I got to ask him about what the possibilities of Hamlin will look like after 2023 with the FedEx deal possibly not being the same like it always is, and the fact that he's got 2311 going on, and maybe a third car could come around. Pacra said that it's more likely that Hamlin's going to stay with Gibbs with a different sponsorship deal for next year. The 11 car would probably not go to 2311 Racing, and Gibbs would remain having four charters. It's a matter of how much they would like to sell for a charter, and there's a rumor that Gibbs might get an extra investor in the team. Oh, lovely. So we'll see how that goes down the road. But for now, don't expect much change. But let's remember this time last year, the same was said for Kyle Busch at Gibbs post-Mars Corporation removal of sponsorship. Yes. And little did we know he ended up in a, in a Richard Childress car this year. But, hey, there's a possibility John Hunter Niemicek might be driving the 19 or maybe renumbered 18. We'll see what happens. I see it being renumbered back to the 18 mm -hmm. because they're not going to keep the 18 off the track that long. Yeah. Niemicek did great. He led eight laps, but with the minimal teammates, you know, Toyota cars that were out there, for what it's worth, he did great. Justin Allgaier, third. And how about my buddy, Parker Retzloff, career best of fourth. Mike Snyder in his first start with Gibbs. I think that's a good combination that might come about. Yeah. Even though I think it's part-time. Um, he's going to do really well with them. Yeah. We'll see what happens on the road. Riley Hurst, uh, P6, stayed out of trouble. Good for him. Uh, Joe Graff Jr. How about this guy? Joe Graff Jr., career best of seventh in front of his owner, Ryan Segan, eighth. Cole Custer, who's going to be a championship favorite this year, finishes in ninth. Um, Justin Haley running at the top 10. Looking down the order, Jeff Burton, Chandler Smith, 
Stephen Parsons, uh, Brandon Jones, who had a pretty good car, but just had that mistake made in the uh, closing laps, took him out of the running. But he did come back to finish 14th because he avoided the wreck being so far back in the last restart. Josh Williams, Parker Chase, um, Jeremy Clements, who won in the summer race, uh, Joey Gase, Sammy Smith, and his first full start as a full-time driver, 19th, and Gray Galding on at the top 20. Um, looked down the order in this poor Josh Berry and Sam Mayer. Both cars looked like they had a shot to go into victory lane. Instead, they come back wrecked, and uh, it will be a 26th and 27th place scoring for them. And junior motorsports are going to have a lot of talking to to these drivers within the team oh. about how they're going to go about these next super speedy races down the road because it was a lock for them to win. Yes, they had four cars up there, and all four got wrecked. Or, sorry, three of them got wrecked. And the one car that was left lost the race. Yeah. Nine got uh, tried to pull out and got dumped. Mm-hmm. Eight ran out of fuel, so I can't really blame him on that. Yeah. The seven blocked the one, and that, which caused that wreck to happen. Yeah, and the one ended up on the lid. And that essentially allowed the 21 to somehow squeak by and win that race. Yes. And... But it shouldn't hamper the whole season for the team. They have all really good lineup, and it's gonna, they're gonna succeed with this lineup going down the road. Yeah. Just not on last Saturday. It wasn't their night, but it almost was, and we'll see what happens down the road. Uh, let's see some other drivers here. Sheldon Creed, just an awful start. Uh, trust me, I still ain't happy about that one. Him getting wrecked by the forty-eight. Um. Yeah. Parker Kligerman. Yeah. He had a really good fast car starting outside pole in that one. Um, yeah, but Park Plimmerman caused like two wrecks in that race. Daniel Hemrick didn't last too long. Lap 20 was taken out. And Barely Curry blew up eight laps in with an engine failure. So that's essentially it. Um, they have a 33 race schedule. Yeah. So long season for them. Um, we'll see what goes down the road for the Xfinity Series. But Austin Hill, he's going to be a threat. He's going to be a threat. Same with Justin Allgaier, John Hunter Nemechek. Same with, uh, you know, Sammy Smith. Maybe not his night, but it seemed like the championship contenders, maybe Cole Custer didn't have the best car either. They're going to be in this championship fight, and it might be coming down to who barely misses out in the championship four here. Yeah. Just like... In a few years past, this is going to be a fun season to watch for the Xfinity Series. And um, round two is that our club. And the only time a Ford won last year was Cole Custer. Can you think he might win it again this time around? Cole Custer at our club? Possibly. All right. Let's talk about uh, some uh, – we'll get to ARCA after trucks. Let's take it to NASCAR first here. This race um, only lasted 75 or 79 laps due to on and off weather and a crash that was caused by rain in the trial that was really avoidable. Another blow by NASCAR. I saw rain on the backstretch. I'm like, okay, the, the NASCAR was the caution flag. They come to the trial and everyone's all over the place. Yeah. And that happened 27 laps into the race. Not fair. For those drivers, and especially for those who had to claw their way to get into the race, because, you know, it's hard to make that race. 
and usually a, one of the trucks that DNQ could have been a threat to win if they made the race. That's just how it goes for these events. But Zane Smith, just like Austin Hill, opens the season winning the Daytona to 50 on Friday night. Does that mean he might go on to win the championship again? It seems like a really good start to a championship defending season. And he had uh, a really good truck, led 17 laps. Um, holds off Tanner Gray, who gets a career best of second. Well done for Tanner Gray. Um going to run the full-time season here. Uh, Tricon Garage, rebranded from David Gill and Racing and moved back to Toyota. They're going to be the prime Toyota factory team in the truck series. Um, now that Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, exits to Chevrolet. Let's go down the order here real quick because I don't have too much time. we got to start late. Chris Neckes in his debut with uh, Bill McAnally Racing, a P3. How about Kobe Howard, a career best of fourth. Grant Enfinger, 2020 winner of this race, running out the top five. Ty Majeski in the Kerr brand. Um, Entry from Thorsport. Their first race back with Ford after a few years. Um, great run on them. Actually, since 2020. Yes. Um, Tyler Ankrum won stage two. Corey Heim, I think he's going to be a championship threat this year. Matt Crafton, you can never count him out. Now he takes over the longest driver and sponsor team combination in any of NASCAR's top three series. Oh, yes. Um, Chase... Elliott running at the top 10. Uh, ben Rhodes, the 21 champion of the race and the season. By the way, I just noticed that last two years, the winner of the Daytona 250 went on to win the title. Yeah. Interesting stat right there. Maybe good on Zane Smith's part. Um, let's go out of the order here. Um, Carson Hosfar, another good run for Charles Pastrana in 13th. Sammy Smith in his truck debut, believe it or not. I didn't even realize that. 14th. Jason A. White out of Virginia, 15th. Uh, Timmy Hill, Chase Purdy in his first start with Kyle Busch Motorsports and their first race with Chevrolet. Derek Krause, one-off start with the uh, Young's Motorsports. Josh Realm and Matt Benedetto, <clears throat> Jason M. White. We're going to talk a lot about him in the ARCA discussion pretty soon. Let's continue on here. Oh, Corey LaJoy, I've stood by the Spire Pits on Friday night. And it really yes. looked like he had a shot of winning that thing. And if it didn't end early, and there may be another big wreck happen, happen in a caution, he could have been in there. He could have been in the hunt to win that race. Good enough. Very well. Corey LaJoy led uh, 19 laps and finished 23rd. Just a bad situation of circumstances. And then the guys that got collected in wrecks. Raja Kruth, Daniel Dye, Brent Holmes, Parker Kligerman. Um... Haley Diggin in her first start with the with the Thor Spart. Dean Thompson. And that crash on lap 27. Um I think it's a 23 race schedule for the truck series. We have some new tracks back in Milwaukee Mile. North Wilkesboro. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. North Wilkesboro is gonna be great. So obviously, season starts with the uh, points matching the results. And um, long way to go. And we got to talk about ARCA. I knew ARCA was going to be an interesting showing because of how the powerhouse drivers and the powerhouse cars were all moving up to a new series. Yes. And these barely 18, 19-year-olds who never really have a background of racing on these big tracks are taking over the, the fast cars, right? Yeah. But the veteran independents are, you know, they're driving in the... Uh, 
cars, in, but this is Daytona, and we know they can keep up with the pack if it suits them well, right? Yes. This is why we saw the amazing result we had. Congratulations to Greg Van Alst. Greg Van Alst, an owner-driver, he is going to turn 42 in July. Did made, you get a picture with him? Yes, I did. I, I uh, just read his stats here. He made three starts in 2002. He was a 20-year-old. Only one time did he ran at the finish, and he DNQ'd one time. And reality set in because, you know, let's face it, racing is expensive. Not and he had, <laughs> he had to make a lot of money. <laughs> and then he had a few kids. Now he's 41, almost 42. He ran some more ARCA, you know, a few years late, a few years before, so it's almost 20 years of a difference. Yes. Actually ran the full ARCA season last time, last year, and it was top five in points. He won, and this is one for the short track drivers who think they can never dream. And I actually got to speak with Greg Van Alsen. He said, Victory Lane is a place not made for me. I cannot believe my name is associated with it. Yeah. That is how big of a story this is, that he got to win this race. He got to lead six laps, too. It was not like he wasn't, you know, in the hunt of it. He led six laps, including the last one where he passed Jason M. White for the win. Second place, Connor Mosak was just a few inches away from tumbling down the backstretch. But his car managed to stay aerodynamically intact, won the pole, and he brought it back to finish second in the Gibbs Mobile One Toyota, where he led 25 laps. Sean Corey, you can never count him out, no matter how good of equipment he has. And how about LeVar Scott? Um, LeVar Scott made his ARCA debut this year. He's driving for Rev Racing. Um, I got to speak with him. He actually hung by their pits for most of the race. And uh, after the, the checkered flag, I got to speak with LeVar in the garage area. And he said that having the field in my hands was a feeling I never had felt before. It was new to him. And he's going to run the full East Series Championship, and they run short tracks. Yeah. Uh, let's go down the list. How about Mandy Chick? I, I got to talk with her for a bit. She finished top five in a car that started 25th. Damn. And uh, I think she's going to run a lot of the races. I don't know if it's full schedule, but keep an eye on that name. Mandy Chick, fifth place, um, third-generation driver. Um, Amber Balkin, six, the uh, Venerini car, highest Venerini car, ahead of Jesse Love, teammate. Jesse's going to run the full season. He might be the early championship favorite, most likely. Jack Wood in the second rev racing car. Jason M. White, wow, feel for this guy. From first to ninth on the last lap. But hey, he brought it back in one piece. How cool was it for Jason M. White, who was nearing 50 years old, out of British Columbia? Sun Peaks, BC. He'll be 50 in a few months. From driving the slowest truck on Friday night to half a day later, driving possibly for the win in the ARCA 200. Yes. By the way, that team has the remains of the Morgan McClure Racing Bunch. I believe it. And um, 44 almost finished P1. How about Dale Quarterly, who's about 63 years old? Uh, West Coast star. From back in the old days when NASCAR sanctioned the last series. Oh, yeah. 
had a really good uh, car. Running out the top 10. P11. You know, I'd have to talk about him. Frankie Muniz. Malcolm in the Middle. Agent Cody Banks. Whoever your favorite movie with him is, you know. And TV show. And TV show. He finished P11. I got to stand right there while he was strapping in for his car and qualifying. He looked so happy. I asked him how much it's meant to him. He said everything. This is a guy who's coming out of Hollywood to race cars, and he feels like he can beat Frankie. I love that about motorsport. We've seen actors, you know, try racing before. Patrick Dempsey, uh, Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, uh, lately, what was his name, Mac- Michael Fassbender. And then here is Frankie Muniz, and he's having the time of his life racing stock cars. And he's running a full season, so... Yep, full season. You never know. Maybe he'll have some big flash of brilliance. Christian Rose, Steve Lewis Jr., Natalie Decker, Tony Constantino, Bryce Hodgeberg. Did Natalie Decker? Yeah, she finished in the 14th driving for um, the Emerlin Case team. I didn't even realize she was racing. Oh. My pick, Robbie Lyons, was actually up towards the front for a bit, but yeah, he finished I'm in 17. Raci- I've actually raced with Robbie Lyons before in my racing. Figured. Good guy. Let's go down the list. Logan Masurka, who is um, actually part of the NASCAR f- uh, racing experience. She drives you. You're the passenger. You're in the other yeah. side. So she gets she gets to race at her place of work. Nice. Um, 19th, or Jason Kitzmiller, who had a really good car towards the start. Actually, that 14 laps. Good for him. Another independent in William Mold's top 10. How about my guy? <laughs> Brandon Laster didn't have the best car, but he did get to finish all the laps and lead lap 27th. And then, unfortunately for these guys, um, Gustine, who could have very well had a car to win, fuel line broke. Um, Andy Jankowiak, man, he had a good car too. And Scott Melton, man, he was furious after... Um, being collected out on the 11th lap. By the way, um, what he was upset about wasn't the crash itself. Rather, he was upset of the quality of the racing that led to the crash being almost like about a crash every lap. And remember, this was his first race out of injury, so we'll see what goes on from there. So that's round one of a 20-race schedule. Yes. And we'll see what happens from there. Um, I don't think Arca has another race for at least another month. They usually... No, they're off for a while. Yeah. I have to check the schedule. Another East and West Series, they come around later on. I think the West Series, they race at Phoenix as their opener. Yeah, they do. It's going to be an interesting season to see who comes out at this year as champion. Very... But we did have some other racing. We'll get into some sports cars because um, pretty soon we're going to find out who's in the 24 Hours of Le Mans entry list, who's actually registered because the Asian Le Mans Series just finished this uh, season and we're going to know who the uh, teams that get in. So let's take a look at the uh, LMP2 uh, drivers and teams. And it went to DKR Engineering with drivers Ironhand Guven, Charlie Eastwood, and Charlie Yolk. Um, they 
get into the 24 Hours of Le Mans. Congratulations to them. LMP3 going to Graf Racing. They get invited, and then Walking Horse Motorsport easily with Nikki Katzberg and others get invited to the 24 Hours of Le Mans as well. But they're probably going to have to go to a different manufacturer as BMW does not have an LMGT right now in their last year in Le Mans. And then before we go, we have the Nine Hours of Kyalami. That's but baloney. But it's glad, you know, finally no more COVID-affected race. But it's only 13 cars. We'll see who's in those cars, first of all. The entry list of the 13 teams, we have Grove Racing, and they have the Groves and the Earl Bamber. We have uh, SPS Automotive Performance, two Team WRT BMWs, one with, you know, Vanderlyn, Vantor, and Wirtz, and the other one, McMartin, and again, Farfist, probably the winning favorites. We'll see. I was proven wrong at uh, the uh, Bathurst 12-hour. Um, Synergy won. They remember they won round one. Um, they got Jules Gunning, Yannick Mettler, and Kenny Habul. Probably championship favorite. Of course, Audi's attempt team with Marcus Winkelhock, who's turned a lot of laps there. Um, and of course, Group AM's Mercedes with Mikhail Grenier, Rafael Marciello, and Marl Engel. To me, I think it's going to go down the Group AM car, but it's going to be an interesting one. Probably a race of attrition with how little the grid is. But at least we have nice drivers. Maybe we'll see cars finish on the lead lap. I yeah. don't know. But anyways, we got California Speedway coming up one last time in this two-and-a-half-mile track. It sucks to see it go. But we are running out of time. Uh, so let's make our predictions for Auto Club. Steve, who do you have? I know who you have. Uh, for Auto Club? Yep. For the Cup. I think Bowman. Wow. He won in 2020. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson. He's going to win it again. Larson's going to win at Auto Club Speedway. And for the Xfinity Series, I'm going to go with Cole Custer. Who do you got for Saturday? Oh, man. Saturday, I really... You know what? Let's go with Brandon Jones. Brandon Jones. How's that? He's driving the car that won most races for Junior Motorsports last year. Yep. Noah Gregson's now racing on Sundays. Well, thank you to everyone who uh, said hi to me at the track. Um, it was great to meet you all. Um... Uh, thank you for everyone who actually, you know, were keeping up and counting on my tweets while I was at the place. I'm really glad you guys uh, enjoyed that, and I was I'm happy to help you know bring that information to you from the from the speedway. Um, so thank you for everyone who, you know, who, who is uh, appreciative of my efforts on World Racing Media. Thanks to World Racing Media and FAU, Florida Atlantic University, for bringing Owl Radio to allow me to do this podcast here. This is Steve Rada. I am Joanie Pavlon, signing Goodbye. off. Goodbye. Owl Radio is FAU's student-run radio station streaming worldwide on FAUOwlRadio.com. We have shows, DJ on-campus events, give away free concert tickets, and more. Make sure to check us out on social media at FAU Owl Radio.